What'd you say, Micah? I said, that one has this word. No, but what did you say before that? I like your book, and I'm proud of you for you, making a book. You're proud of me? Well, what made you say that? Nothing. You just said it out of nowhere. you brought about? Uh, that you made the cover all by yourself. That I made the cover all by myself. And you did the book all by yourself with no help. Oh. And that you didn't need the help. And now that we have a book, maybe we might have the money to buy food and all that stuff to help us live. Hmm. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the second episode of London's Prince. I hope you all have enjoyed uh, my first introductory podcast, first time ever, Um, and I'm learning to just relax just a little bit. Um, and take it easy and really enjoy the production process of this whole podcast. Uh, so today we are going into three following chapters after the introduction. I am going to read from these chapters as well as uh, discuss a little bit about what inspired those chapters, what was going on in my life, um, and what motivated me. So once again, we touch base on this in the introduction. London's Prince is a memoir that I recently released in September. It is a memoir and a compilation of short stories of my emotions on this emotional roller coaster. And it's very unique. And again, like I said, um, I'm just excited to really go dig deep into the following chapters because there's a lot that I did not share um, in the book. And I wanted to leave people kind of questioning or guessing. A little sidetrack. I actually wanted to touch base on some issue that I had to deal with today and I found it very interesting. So last week I had an event. I had my first book release party in Springfield, Massachusetts. Yes, my hometown. Had to bring it back home because that's where my friends and family are. And it was my book release party. Um, Everything went really well. I had a cousin attend. And she is not the type of person who goes out at all. Um, Very introverted, a sweetheart. But um, she's just not the type who wants to go anywhere. Um, However, she's getting out of her little shell and she showed up. Um, It meant the world to me because... um, I know how she prefers to be at home. But anyways, make a long story short, I something told me to give her a call today. Picked up the phone, gave her a call, and you know, we were just chatting it up. And I remember her, you know, well, actually, before I called her, she ended up texting me and telling me, oh, uh, there was something that I want to talk to you about my brother. So I found that pretty funny um, because I knew at some point that my family would find a way to bring the negativity or the darkness. I hate to say this. I really hate to be 
um, to even discuss that. But however, I come from a very disconnected family, um, one in which they kind of thrive in darkness and they it seems that they really enjoy to taint good things. So to make a long story short, I had to call her at this point because I was driving into work, did not want to go in the office, but had to driving into work and I didn't want to text. So I call her on the phone and she proceeds to tell me that, you know, her brother was like, oh, hey, did you make it to the event? She was like, of course I made it to the event. It was nice, so on and so forth. And he proceeds to tell her, oh, yeah, so the whole family, um, she put the whole family in the book. Now, all I could do was laugh. And when I say laugh, I found this absolutely amusing. First of all, I don't know too many people in my family that I would write about. Not to say that they're irrelevant. However, it wasn't about them. So I found it humorous. I found it amusing. I knew it was coming. Um, and it's sad because it was expected. And you know what the unfortunate factor of this, and I will touch base in this because I have a disconnected relationship with my mom. I have a hard time trusting people because the very people that were supposed to love me have said or started gossip or said negative things about me. So when my cousin proceeded to tell me this, um, I brushed it off for a little bit. But once I got into the office, I felt compelled to say something. So I reached out to him on Facebook and I made sure I let him know that if he wanted to know what were the contents in my book to buy it. Not one of my family members have liked, shared, nor did they purchase a ticket or buy a book. However, if it was my funeral in Springfield, Mass, and if we all ended up in Oak Grove Cemetery, everybody would have showed up. Some of them would have been falling on the ground. Some of them would have been wearing a shirt with me sitting in the clouds talking about how much they missed their little cousin. I don't want to categorize this, but black people, we definitely do need to start supporting our family's dreams. London's Prince is not just about the death of my son. It is the death of a dream. We are slowly dying because we are not supporting each other in our dreams. We're too competitive in the mindset of we don't want one doing better than me or going above us or whatever that is. We don't want someone one up us I don't understand what it is, but that is such a huge disconnect. I truly believe that a lot of these young black men right now, they're not just physically killing themselves, but they're dying because nobody is supporting their dreams. Nobody is showing them that there's something else outside of the streets. This is all that they know. And the sad thing about it is a lot of times the people that are are in their circle or in their environment are supporting the darkness. They are supporting them in the negativity. Now, when I was growing up, a lot of my family members used to tell me that I thought that I was better than them. Never was this the case. I was called the white girl because of the way I speak. 
Um, I just thought I was better than them. This was never the case. However, I will confirm that I wanted better than what they had. I wanted better than what they wanted. I wanted a life that was different. I knew that it was not normal to struggle. I knew that it was not normal for a mother and a daughter to have a competitive relationship. I knew that it wasn't normal to not have your family come to your graduations and support you in the highlight of your life. Now, I'm going to go about this in later um, chapters of my book because I do address my relationship with my mother. However, I'm going to make it a note that in every positive aspect of my life, my mom has not been parent. Like, uh, uh, she has not been there. And a lot of people are like, what, what do you mean? So unfortunately, don't get me wrong, my mom is very supportive. However, she supported me a lot of times in my darkness. This is when I noticed that something was toxic. My mom didn't support me graduating from high school, the prom, graduating from college, giving birth to both my boys. There was always some excuse about how or why she could not be there. So needless to say, and I think I got a little bit off track, but London's Prince is my dream and it's a goal that I've been literally looking at the stars praying for and I made this happen. My five-year-old son sat next to me or laid next to me yesterday and said to me how proud he was of me, how proud that I accomplished something and I did it all by myself. To be honest with you, I wouldn't give a damn if my family never even said nothing to me, never gave me a like, never gave me a share, never gave me a love. But I know that I truly, genuinely have the supporters that I need and the ones that really do see the work that I do. So... To cut this off, or this session off, and this little spiel that I had went on, because I wanted to share my reality and what was going on today. Anybody that is interested in the contents of my book, please like or share this podcast. As you can listen to the contents of the book through the podcast, or you can purchase my book via myself, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. The contents are there for your availability, for you to read at your leisure, and it costs $15. My book is about myself and my experience. There are some appearances of people that, you know, I would have never, that I felt were very significant in my life, but I wanted to share my experience with people that they did not see. A lot of people saw Kiana, and when they see me, they see Kiana. But they didn't see what Kiana's been through. You know what's so funny? I've noticed that I have so many different reactions when it comes to this book. And what I'm getting, one popular thing that I'm getting from people is that now you will understand more about who Kiana is. See, there's a reason behind everyone's doing. 
the behaviors, the actions, the way people speak, the way they carry themselves, the way that they dress, everything. There's a reason behind why they do what they do. In this book, what people are getting, what I am sharing on this podcast, this is old news. I'm closing this chapter. This is who I used to be. This story is my past. And if you haven't noticed it in any of my, you know, posts or anything else, I'm actually in the process of creating, co-creating my future. I'm healing my past and I'm letting things go and closing these chapters. But the reason why I don't forget where I come from, because I want it to be a reminder to other women, to other people, to other young men, that it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what somebody has done to you. That your dreams are meant to be yours and it is your job to make them come true. So back to the book. The next chapter. The next chapter is going to be called uh, the next chapter of London's Prince. I'm gibberish right now. Is freedom of speech. Oh my goodness. How ironic. Freedom of speech. We all have freedom of speech. We all do. I'm going to read this chapter. And I'm going to tell you what motivated me to actually write this. Freedom of speech. In both death and within my darkness, I found my voice. Freedom of speech. Words both written and spoken are powerful. Words can enlighten you or discourage you, build you up or bring you down. Words attack both your physical and mental. Painful words can pierce through your heart and reside in your mind, leaving memories of one's words spoken. Speak your mind, but train your loose tongue. Evaluate your thoughts before spoken. Once said is once done. You can't place a Band-Aid on a wound in a heart. You can't erase a mental scar. One thing that people don't know about me is that not only in my relationship with my ex-husband, was it very, very, very emotionally abusive. He was narcissistic. um, Is narcissistic. Um, But uh, that is not just my beginning. My beginnings started in my household. Um, As a parent and as a loved one, um, sometimes people use their titles to say things to people and they don't even understand how powerful they are. I can use this, I, I will use an example. I Before I started to write London's Prince, and I'm going to be vulnerable at this aspect too because I wanted to really share this. I had to stop speaking to my mother. I spoke to my mom almost every day, called her to check in on her to see how everything was going. And I had to stop speaking to her because our last conversation or one of our last conversations was her telling me, who do I think I am? Black people don't travel. Most black people that travel, the only reason why they travel is because they're in the service. 
You're not this pretty girl that's going to travel all over the world and do all these things. You know what? You can have all those dreams. But I, and I hope they come true, but don't get mad if they don't. I used to hear a lot more worse things than that growing up. I've been called all types of different names. I've been told that I'm not an attractive girl, that I was going to be required to wear makeup. And I'm so domesticated that I am going to eventually get married because the women that get married are the ones that are not so attractive. I heard these things. And I didn't believe them. And I've heard them from outsiders. I didn't believe them. But uh, when they come from somebody that's like a mom or a dad or somebody that has this this huge title, they stick with you. And it sticks with you hard. So when I wrote Freedom of Speech, not only are do you have the ability to curse your own life, but you have the ability to curse other people's lives. And the reason why I say train your loose tongue is because a lot of people just speak and don't even take the time to even think about what they're saying. And sometimes it's a little too late. Apologies can come and go, but the mental damage and the scar that has been input or ingrained is a constant reminder or is the, how do I explain it? It it, it just provides a sense of reminder to someone every time they feel inadequate. Now I've evolved and I've grown and I took a step back and I acknowledged that a lot of times my mom was inflicting her own reality on me. I respect her and I understand where she's coming from because guess what? I too used to be bitter. I too used to be angry. I too used to blame everybody else for my circumstances or hold on to relationships with people that mean me no well. But however, I have learned that I am responsible for the words that come out of my mouth. And I make sure that anytime that I speak to someone, it is loving. I want to speak life into people's lives, not death. Because every time that you curse someone or say something that is so hurtful, they are slowly dying. And we don't realize it, but the mind plays games with us. And in solitude, that voice is repeating within their head. They are dream killers. And I had to disconnect. See, there's a difference. A lot of people forget that, you know what, that's my parent. And I put up with that when I was a child. But when I became an adult... I was not going to be putting up with that bullshit. Excuse my language. That was not going to be received by me. I had to take control over my own situation. So freedom of speech is a reminder for all of those people who don't realize that there is power in your tongue. And everything that you speak, it creates your reality or creates somebody else's reality. Be mindful of the words that you speak because you can curse someone. So after freedom of speech, there's a very little brief poem that I had came up with. 
And this was towards the end of, end of me actually writing London's Prince as well. It was something so powerful, powerful and so um, important that I felt like I needed to add it to the book. And this chapter is called Love Lost. Love began when love was lost. When love was found, that's when I began to understand its true meaning and realize it really never left. For some strange reason, I think a lot of times we as people think that we have like this gas tank full of love and we're driving on the road and we're giving, 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 pressing on the gas pedal, giving, giving, giving of, you know, the love gas and we all of a sudden run out. Love never leaves us. We are love. Love is the universe. Love is in absolutely everything. So there is no actual limit. And I had to remind myself of that. I had to remind myself that love does not have a defining number. It is infinite. And it is everywhere. It is an energy. It is an action. Love is just so many things. And I think that one big problem for me, and I think a lot of women in relationships, um, when you have codependent behaviors or when you feel like if you ever get into a relationship and you feel as though that when the person leaves you, you don't know who you will be, that's not love. That's dependency. It's like a drug. And just because that whatever you believed was love is gone, it will teach you that love never left. My codependent behaviors in my relationship, and especially when my son had passed away, I became extremely connected to the hip with my ex-husband. I depended on him for everything and to a fault. And to be honest with you, I know it had a big deal with why the relationship um, severed not just because of certain behaviors of him, but I'm holding myself accountable for this. When you focus solely on the relationship and you're so focused on them that you forget to take care of yourself, they're going to be turned off. I stopped going to the gym. I stopped doing things for me. I just wanted to focus solely on him and make the relationship better. I wanted to save him. I wanted to do this. I wanted to do that. I thought that since my son died, that I could not live without this man. I'm here talking to you today. So see, you know, our heart breaks when relationships end and we think that there's love gone and we don't have nothing left to give. And to be honest with you, I think God puts us in a position to remind us that you have nothing but love to give. In your solitude, you will realize that you've always been the source and the source of the love that was giving that's endless and infinite. So that is my explanation of love lost. The last chapter that I'm going to touch base on is ocean. I will go into details after I finish reading it. Ocean. The ocean is my sanctuary the place I would go to escape my reality. 
I always wondered what my connection to the ocean was, and now I know. The salt water is cleansing to the spirit, and the beauty is calming. While staring at the ocean, it appears to have no end. This represents the lack of destination within, within this life. The opportunities represent the lack of a destination within this life. The opportunities of what may be on the other side are endless. The body of water provides and supports many different forms of life. As peaceful and serene as the ocean may be, it can also be destructive. When storms hit, the waves can be tragic to those that dare to swim its waters. That once beauty can be destructive to all that it encounters. In life, there needs to be balance. To better understand and appreciate the beauty of life, we have to embrace the good and the bad. The reason I chose the photo of my son running on the sand for my book is because what the photo represents. As humans, we always want answers or proof of things. We need something tangible. Something the five senses can experience. The photo I chose for the book represents a time in my life where I thought I walked alone. My son in the photo represents the plans God had for me. The ocean represents the peace and the calm after the storm. An ocean with no end that represents the life I have built for my son. My evolution of healing was not only about me, but it provides a safe space and a place of love for my son's life journey. In the photo, it appears that he is alone, but I was right behind him snapping the photo. In his life, I am positioned in that very spot to let him know I will always be there. Like the poem Footprints, my son has love surrounding him. Love surrounding him physically on this earth and those that have spiritually passed on. I'm learning to trust God and my spiritual guides to lead me on the right path. What I've learned will be passed on to my son as well. He represents a new generation. He represented the generation of renewal and breaking of old beliefs. The title London's Prince are because of the uniqueness of humans' prints. My stillborn son is responsible for opening my eyes. He has led me on a journey of personal healing and building for his brother Micah. Everything I do and everything I see has meaning. All that I have left of him is a set of footprints, but those very footprints led me on the path that I am today.